0: All righty. So uh, thank everybody for, uh, for coming. Appreciate it uh, very much. So tonight we are going to uh, deal with a Shiloh, which is not COVID-related, Hashem. Uh, we're going to go in a, a different direction. Uh, I imagine that most of you are vaguely familiar with the, uh, the halacha that we're going to discuss tonight, but probably haven't actually explored it or thought about it, uh, in terms of uh, the importance of it and the impact uh, of it. So let's uh, begin.
1: When, when I'm, I'm confused. Um, last week's Sha'ala had two parts. We did one. We did the Ona part, and I thought we were going to do the Mishateani uh, part this week. Isn't that what you said, or am I misunderstanding?
0: Hold on you for a second because my uh, my internet uh, popped
1: off. Say it again.
0: Okay, now now I'm but, ready to listen to you again. My, my, my internet uh, froze right as you started.
1: Okay, yep. So l- last week's Shaila had two parts. The first part was Ona'a, which we covered, and the second part was the claim Mishate'ani Bach, or something like that, where, however you say it. And right. I-, I was under the impression that you said that we were going to Go to that second part this week.
0: Um, That could be. Uh, My memory is that of a flea, so uh, so uh, it could be. Uh, At some point, we'll probably come back to that. It's something that uh, that topic is something that we're discussing in the call currently. So uh, to discuss it at this point would probably be uh, a little premature on uh, on my part. So I don't want to present something which is not going to be uh, not going to be thorough. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to go into Evan Ezer, uh, if that's okay with uh, with everybody here. And since it's my screen to share, so <laughs> that, and that, that's what we're going to do. Okay. So we begin with the following halacha. Let me move you guys over a little. So Shulchanach says as follows. And this is something which, uh, which uh, everybody uh, is familiar with, although it's something that... Uh, May not have given um, some uh, deep thought as far as its uh, actual practical uh, I- I- impact. But it says, Shulchan Aruch says as follows this is in the halachas of, of ksuvas. So it says, in kasavla ksuvah, so a man goes ahead and writes or has written or has printed a k'suva for his wife, vinevda, and that k'suva becomes lost. So the law is so it's necessary for the husband to go ahead and rewrite the ksuva for his wife. Cannot be without a ksuva. Why? Because husband and wife cannot share a home together if, 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 the, uh, if there is not a valid ksuva which is there, which, uh, whose whereabouts is known to the couple or at least no to the to the wife. So this is something if you next time, if the, the next time that you happen to be under a chuppah, when a wedding is taking place, so you will likely hear that after the ksuva is read by whichever person is called up to read the ksuva, often what happens is, is the ksuva is handed back to the officiating rabbi, the Masada Kedushan, the Masada Kedushan then will tell the chassan, give it to your wife, and then he, the Masada Kudushan will say to the wife, you have to make sure that you always know where the Ksuva is, if it's ever lost, so make sure that, uh, that you contact the Rav immediately. It's not something which could wait. And then they go ahead and they tell the Kala, give the ksuva to your mother so that she knows where it is for the rest of the chuppah, because Kalas have this uh, tendency to go ahead and lose things if they're, uh, if they're held responsible for them. But this is something which is a very important halacha as far as having a, a, a valid ksuva. Which is available for the uh, for the couple, and it's not an uncommon thing that there could be, depending on where the ksuva is is stored. Uh, in the process of moving, sometimes we get a shilo that uh, the ksuva is misplaced and nobody has any idea where it is and whether it made it from location A to location B. Sometimes there could, God forbid, be a house fire and the uh, the gets burned up and gets uh, gets lost. Or there could be all sorts of different things which could happen if the ksuva is stored in the basement uh, in Skokie somewhere and there's flooding, that's another thing which could go ahead and which could destroy the, uh, a ksuvah. So it's always very important for a couple to know where their, uh, where their ksuva is. It happens to be that, that uh, the halacha that we just read applies specifically when the ksuva is actually lost, meaning that one has no, uh, no way of knowing where it is. Something which is merely misplaced, which is most often what happens in our homes, is we know it's in the house somewhere. I just don't remember where I placed it because it's been 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years since it was uh, was last uh, moved. So that's what we call in halacha really misplaced rather than lost. And given enough time, it'll eventually show up. We know it has to be here somewhere. It's just a matter of, I don't remember where it is. But that's also a different discussion as far as the definition of lost versus misplaced. But this is important halacha about what happens in the event that a k'suva is, uh, is lost or it's destroyed. So it has to be replaced right away. And depending on the exact circumstances, so there is a language which, uh, which uh, the, uh, the replacement k'suva is going to have to have. In order to indicate that this is a replacement for a ksuva which was either lost or was destroyed, because as, as we will discuss in, in halacha, there is a uh, a great concern which uh, Shulchan Aruch has, which uh, Chazal have, and Shulchan has that there should never be two valid documents that uh, that represent the same debt or the same obligation. So, for example, if I were to go ahead and uh, loan uh, bachu money let's say. So I loaned Bacha $100. So we can't go ahead and say, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to write a star, a loan document. And just in case something happens to it, because of my tendency to lose things, I'm going to make a replacement. And that way, in case I lose one, at least I'll have a, a backup. So that's something which is Aser and halacha. The reason it's Aser and Halacha, as everybody knows is, is because the fear is I'll take out one loan document against Batya and I'll collect $100. And then sometime later, I'll pull out the second loan document and bring it to a different basin saying, I loaned Bacha money, she hasn't paid me back yet. And I could go ahead and I could force her to pay me twice. So that same concern applies to a ksuva. One is not allowed to really have two different valid ksuvas existing at the same time, because of the concern that maybe the wife will take out the k'suvah in one basin and she'll collect the value of the k'suvah. And then at some point in the future, she'll go to a second basin and she'll be able to collect a second time. So there's really only allowed to be one valid k'suvah which exists. And therefore, if one is lost, so we don't know where it is, but it might still exist. The husband may claim that it's a loss or the wife may claim that it's lost but that may be a ruse on her part to go ahead and be able to collect twice. So therefore, when we replace the lost ksuva, so the second one is written specifically with a language which indicates that this, has been, uh, that, uh, that this is a replacement for one which was lost, and that, that uh, positions us a little bit better to make sure that nothing, uh, uh, nobody's going to be able to pull any sort of shtick and try and collect the, uh, the ksuva twice. Okay, so all of that is in the background now, about the necessity that if something, if a suva gets lost, it's necessary to go ahead and, uh, and and replace it, and that is something which, uh, in the event that that occurs, it has to be done right away. Post even talk about what happens in the event that they discover that it's lost or it gets destroyed on Shabbos. Obviously, you can't replace a suva on Shabbos. You can't write up a new document on uh, on Shabbos. So, how exactly are the couple going to handle? Uh, this is a situation where there is not uh, in existence a valid suva on Shabbos, and uh, we don't want that they're going to have to go ahead and uh, somebody's going to have to move out till Motsoi Shabbos so they could go ahead and replace the, uh, the missing suva. Okay.
2: How does the, uh even if you had a second document which said it's a, you know, it's a second document, you can still say, yeah, there's the second document. Like, how does that prevent somebody from having used the first document? To collect and like you said going to some other base and collecting because they the, the second base would have to know that there was collection on the first document anyways which would be the same problem of having you know a second document that didn't
0: say it was the second document right so w- w- excellent so what one thing which they could potentially do is they uh, they could give the if the, let's say the, the the woman were to pull out the replacement document first so then they, once the husband pays that off, they give him that document. Then when she goes to a different basin and tries to say, listen, I have a k'suva against my, uh, my husband, my ex-husband, that's why we should be collecting, and I want to collect, he pulls out the one which says he already paid for the k'suva with this replacement document. And the basin will look at it and say, oh, obviously what happened was first one was claimed to, was either lost or claimed to be lost. This one is now pulled out. And that's why the husband has the one saying that he's already paid once and, uh, and he's good to go. It happens to be, uh, I I just saw as I I was preparing, uh, in Israel, they actually have a ksuva on on file. The Rabbanut has a a, a ksuva on file in addition to the one that the couple takes home. And the post can talk about exactly to do so, and that's done so in order that, not to be able to collect with it, but in order to be able to, uh, which is details which we are probably not going to get too much into tonight, but it's in order to make sure that in the event that something happens to the original ksuva, that the shibud, the lien which the wife has on the husband's property to collect the Ksuva, that it should be from the date of the original Ksuva. It should be able to go back from when the original one was dated, and not from when the replacement one is now being uh, w- 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 would be dated. But that's uh, a, a different discussion, which is not really uh, for us uh, for us now. Okay, so now we move down the page over here, and where am I? Here I am. Uh, so you see over here. Here is a ksuva, and you can see right in the middle over there, right where this, if you could see where that is, right by this, uh, the marker, so there is a tear in the ksuva. What happened was, is the ksuva for some reason was, make it a little bit bigger, the ksuva was out uh, within hand's reach of a child, and the one or two year old went ahead and just thought it was a regular piece of paper, and grabbed it and started to tear can imagine that all the adults in the room uh, probably panicked, frozen in, in panic, but the child made it about halfway through the middle of the, uh, of the ksuva before the child was pummeled and uh, they were able to, uh, you know, wrestle the, uh, the ksuva away from the other uh, child. And you could see that it went through potentially, you can't really see it so closely, but it went through some of the, uh, the writing of the, uh, the ksuva, the printed writing of the ksuva, and the question is, what's the status of the ksuva now? Do they need to replace it? They don't need to replace it. It's still valid, it's not valid. How do you go ahead and move forward in such a case? Now, it happens to be that one of the things which the post can discuss is, as we talk about tears, is that um, uh, uh, old, uh, older paper, uh, as a, I mean, it could happen to our paper too, but older paper, uh, if it sits folded for a long period of time, it could become very brittle and could easily crack and break. So it's not such an uncommon thing that a ksuva, which was a document that you had to hold on to for an extended period of time, it did not really uh, was not uh, meant to survive the uh, such a long passage of time, especially on folds and whatnot. But over here you have something which is just going straight through the uh, the document over here and does such a tear does that invalidate the ksuva, necessitating replacing the ksuva, or is this, uh, are, they, uh, are they fine uh, just leaving it as is? Okay, so that is our question, and for this we begin with a passage from the Gemara. So this is the Gemara towards the end of Baba Basra. This is in the last parak of Baba Basra, which is the primary uh, area in Shas, where uh, matters related to shtaros, matters related to documents are uh, are recorded and are discussed. So we're jumping into the middle of the brysa, the part of a brysa, which is going to be relevant for uh, for this discussion. And it says as follows.
1: And, and this is a, a general thing about documents that's not, not specific to a ketubah?
0: Correct, correct. Okay. A, aksuva, uh, thank you, Art, for, that, for, for, for bringing that up. So the truth is, is that aksuva is just a, an example of a legal halachic document. So there's nothing unique about, uh, uh, about ksuva which is going to change its status as far as its legal status as a, uh, as a legal contract. It's just one that we're, we're, we're a little bit uh, more familiar with. But as we're going to see, this halach appears both in Chosha Mishpat, by loan documents, as well as in ksuva in the halach, in Eben Ezer, by, uh, by the halachas of ksuvas. Uh, in that context. But there, it's really, uh, there's going to be uh, an overlap of of these halachas in those two uh, in those two sections. Okay, so it says as follows. In this, in, in this context, Art, the Gemara Babavasa here uh, is talking specifically about uh, standard legal documents. It's not even discussing a ksuva per se. So it says as follows. Nikra puzzle in the event that a loan document, let's just say, If it's torn, it is puzzle, it invalidates it. Nitkara, kasher. In the event that it becomes torn, it is kasher. Um, uh, Either Art or Steve, how would you translate differently, nikra versus nitkara, the reflexive? I'm gonna go with nikra being a little bit more active, and nitkara is that it became torn. Not necessarily somebody tore it, but it became torn. Would that make sense?
1: Yeah, reflects probably it happened on its own.
0: Happened um, on its own. right. But nikra,
2: I would think of nikra as sort of inherent, like it 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 is inherently like torn, it, like a natural occurrence of of the evolution of the document. Whereas Nikara somebody came and tore it. Right? Yeah, and that's mikara is hitpael, which means. You did it to yourself, or it did it to itself.
0: It did it to the the star. Just uh, the star tore on its own, rather than the nikra, which
1: is nikra. Sounds like it was torn. Somebody did. Somebody did it, like the kid.
0: Okay, good. So so we'll we'll see in a moment uh, what the halachic uh, difference between them is. I just want a translation over there. Now, so so far we've discussed what happens if the document is ripped. Then nimchak, in the event that the document is erased. Is where, let's just uh, translate that as smudged. So the writing either is uh, is uh, erased altogether or somebody went ahead and smudged it. So, Imri Shumo niker Kusher. So, provided that even with the erasure or the smudge, if you could still read the wording of the document, it is Kusher. Once you can no longer read it, so that's where it loses its validity. Okay. Hechidami Nikra, Hechidami nitkara. So now the Gemara asks, what exactly is going to be the halachic difference? Not even halachic difference. What's going to be the different way by which a star could be ripped where one way is puzzle and one way is kasher. One way it invalidates the, the, the k'suva or the loan document. In one way, it remains kasher. So Amr of Yehuda. So Yehuda says, Nikra, when we say that if it was torn, which we're saying now, would seem to be the more active way of tearing it. That means basin That is the tear. It, it's torn in a way which looks like something that basin would have done. And Nitkara, I'll explain that in a moment. Nitkara, when we say that it tore on its own, that is karash Enel basin that is a tear which does not look like something that basin had done. Um, uh, the the halacha is, um, I don't know how many may or may not have been present at the uh, at the uh, the, the uh, delivery of a get, but after a uh, husband gives his wife a get, so the basin and the, the, the divorce is final the divorce is finalized, so basin takes back that that which is also a form of a legal document, which is the get, and with a razor blade or with an exacto knife, they go ahead. And, oh, you can't see because of the light. They go ahead and they they tear through it. I can't even see it. They tear through it with an X. So they put what would resemble somewhat of an X through the document. And that, that Shasiva Erev, as we're going to see, so that, uh, or that type of of tear is something which is done uh, intentionally by Basin, and it's done in a way which demonstrates it's not something which is accidental. You're not going to have an accidental tear in a document which looks like the letter X, it looks like something which was done intentionally. And the reason why Basin would go ahead and put such a tear through it is to make sure that nobody should reuse that document. So we would go ahead and we would stamp it with something to the equivalent of paid in full. And that paid in full stamp tells you that it's not collectible anymore. So not having uh, a paid in full stamp in the time of Chazal. So they went ahead and they instituted that you put that X uh, uh, um, uh, uh, tear or uh, cut through the document. And that's the way of being able to demonstrate that it is no good. So when the tear looks like it was done intentionally to invalidate the document, so that invalidates the document. We have to be concerned that that's why it was done. and nitkara, but if it's torn, meaning in that passive way, it tore itself, that's crush in the shell basin, that would be a tear, which is not indicative of the fact that it was done by basin. Let's say, uh, you know, the corner of, uh, of the document uh, got torn off. So that's something which, uh, you know, which could happen, or, uh, you know, there's a small tear, uh, again, like we talked about on the fold of the, the document. Hechidami basin. what exactly is the appearance of a basin tear? I'm Reb Yudah. says, Makom Edim, Umakom Hazman, Umakom atorif." So Reb says, this is shot number one, Reb says that a tear, which is indicative of uh, an act done by Basin, is where the tear, excuse me, the tear goes through the essential part of the document. What's the essential part of the document? Mako, and there's a disagreement whether it's all three or any one of the three, but let's just say for simplicity all three. So the tear goes through Makom Edim, it goes to the part of the document on the bottom where the witnesses are signed. So that takes away the validity of the document because of the ADIM. Makum Hazman, an essential part of any legal document is the date of the document, because if it's going to be used to, for collection, so we need to know when the lien was started, when that was activated. Umakum HaToref, Torif is the part of the document that has the details which are unique to this particular transaction. In a loan document, in any legal document, you have much of it is just standard legalese, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. And nobody goes out and reads that stuff anyways. And you have the stuff at the beginning, which has the details which are unique to that particular transaction. Let's say in a loan document, the name of the lender, the name of the borrower, and the amount which is being being borrowed. So that is the Torah. Those are the essential details which make this loan document different than a second loan document. So if you have a tear through those essential parts, that's what invalidates the, uh, that would invalidate the, uh, the document, the legal document. Abaye Amar and Abaye says that a basin in tear is, like I told you in the first place, because that's going to be the one which is more relevant for us, that is Shasiv Erev. That's going to be where the tear is going to go uh, crisscross. Warp and woof is where they, they, they borrow that uh, from, but it's going to be either you're going to look at it as a plus sign or if you turn your plus sign 45 degrees, so then it becomes an X, but it's going to be that type of tear, something which can't really happen by accident. Okay, so this is what the Gemara says as far as how we're going to handle, how we're going to uh, move forward when there is a loan doc, when there is a document, the legal document, which is torn, does it remain kosher or not? depends on exactly how it is torn. Okay, so how is this now recorded in Shulchan Arach? So for this part, we go to Chosha Mishpat. So here it says as follows. This is in uh, Simon Nun Base Sif Aleph, it says, So let's say uh, any one of us are sitting on a basin and somebody presents to us a document which is torn, we could have used this back uh, you know, uh, many elections ago with uh, hanging chads and whatnot. Are they valid? Are they not valid? How do we go ahead and decide what their story is? So we say So we are the judges and a star is brought before us with this based in type tear. What does that mean? Either it's there's a tear through the place of the witnesses, the place of the date and the details that make this transaction unique, the lender, the borrower, and the amount which is being borrowed, oh, or in the event that the tear is crisscross, an X or a plus mark, puzzle. So all of these, since they, they, these are things which don't spontaneously happen in this particular shape, These are always indicative of the fact that somebody did this intentionally. So we have to be, uh, we have to assume that this document was already used legally or perhaps was invalidated by a basin. And therefore it is considered to be an invalid document and one which is not going to be usable for collection anymore. Now here, Shochanach adds something which the Gemara did not tell us. And that is, the Vimnikar shenasah besakin. Let's say it's evident that this was done not by hand, but this was done with a knife. So once again, a knife is not something which you would normally take to a legal document. That's an unusual thing to be, uh, to be going through a legal document. Even in the event that you don't have a crisscross um, cut through the document, but it's clear that somebody took a knife to the, uh, to the document, puzzle. That is going to be puzzle. So that itself already—that's a new thing, which is a which was a potential issue, in the event that it's evident that it was done by a knife. Then the last thing Shocherach says is nikril Let's say they went ahead, and, or the the document is torn in two par- two parts. So if you had one long piece, you had eight and a half by eleven, and somebody went ahead and just ripped that in a half, and now you have eight and a half by five and a half. You have to have two halves of a, of a smaller piece of paper. Garat Fay mekera So that's actually worse than a tear of basin a puzzle. And therefore it's going to be puzzle because something which tears all the way down the center, actually it doesn't have to be by the center. But when the document is torn completely in half, that also indicates to us that somebody was trying to do something to this document to invalidate it. Most likely, the person who would be have an interest in tearing up the document is the LOVA, is the borrower. Because what happens is, normally what happens is, is I borrow from, uh, oh, I, I loan money to, uh, to Bacha. So I loan money to Bacha. I have the loan document. When she pays up, Bacha is not going to pay up that, the, that loan until I'm prepared to return to her to give her the loan document because she then takes possession of it and destroys it to make sure that it doesn't get back into my hands somehow so I could collect a second time. So Botch is going to have this interest in tearing up the document as a way of demonstrating that I could that uh, to be able to prevent me from any time in the future being able to use the document again. So forget about doing fancy cutting with exacto knives in our projects and all sorts of stuff like, uh, like that. Just going ahead and just going Right down the center of the document, that already permanently disqualifies this document from uh, from use, and uh, and therefore uh, it uh, it disqualifies the the thing. Okay. Um... Okay. Now let's see what the uh... so far so good. Excellent. Okay. Nobody's protesting, so I assume that's good. Now says the Ramah, That's why it's in the uh, the Rashi script, like on the page. Let's say the document is torn in a way which is not reminiscent of Uh, in. in the event that it's uh, that it looks to the Dayan as if this was torn by basin. Vosifu ala Kara, al Kara, Kara. I not And they went ahead and they added, uh, they put additional cuts into the document, Kidela halim basin, in order to try and disguise the fact that Basin had torn it. So there's that, let's say there's that X uh, down in, in the middle of the, of the document, the, uh, the X-Acto knife made an X in the document. And I went ahead and I started putting additional cuts here and there around it, make it a little bit more decorative to try and disguise the fact that Basin put that initial X there. And I, uh, I go ahead and I, uh, I do so. So if Basin uh, is at all concerned that I further tore the document in order to hide the fact that Basin had originally done so in Govimbo. So it also is something which is a, a reyesa, that's something which uh, undermines the validity of the, gar, the, the, uh, the document in Govimbo, and it's not going to be usable for collection. Avabalavachi, and this is what we want, in the event that it's torn, not in a manner of Basin, so it's not through any of the essential lines that has any of the lines which have the essential information, it's not a tear in the form of an X. It's just stem a tear, and it doesn't tear it in half completely in half. So uh, something which uh, which uh, which uh, 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 in such a case, so in choshishim, so we don't have to be concerned about it, and the document remains kosher. Okay. So seemingly, what this means is, if we go back to our, our our document over here, our ksuva over here. So if you look, so you see the most important part of the ksuva is really, if we talk about these three sections, we said the place of the adim, that's already, that's all the way down here, if you can see the thing on the screen. So that's all the way at the bottom. There's no tear through there. The date finds itself all the way on top. That's over here. That's the first line or two, depending on how the the layout of this is. There's no tears through there. And then you have the names of the people involved that's what you have over here. And the other stuff, which is relevant as far as what the money is concerned, that would be over here. I would, I would blow it up bigger for you to see, but it just gets blurrier as it gets bigger. So it's not gonna help uh, much, uh, much anyways. But you don't really have a tear. Most of what's going on over here is what we call the toe face, not the toraf, race, which is the details of this particular XUVA. This is the standard boilerplate language. So a tear through that boilerplate language, so that doesn't bother us uh, so much. You see the tear ends approximately over here. So it didn't quite go, it didn't go from end to end to tear the piece of paper in half. It's not going through, there's no X tear in the middle of it, and it's not going through any of the essential parts, which which would mean that we should be able to say that this is okay. Good? Excellent, okay. Now we have the Dark Emosha. So, this is the Dark Emosha on the Ebenezer. So, the Dark Emosha, this is the same author as the Ramah uh, that you would find on, in, in Shochanach. The truth is that the Dark Emosha predated the comments of the Ramah in Shochanach. Dark Emosha is a commentary to the tour and uh, after writing the commentary to the tour, so just like Shokhanach wrote the Beis Yosef first as a commentary to the, uh, to the tour, and then he summarized his, the conclusions of the Beis Yosef, which became the Shokhanach, so the Ramah did the same thing. He wrote his commentary to the tour called the Dark Emosha, and then his conclusions, where he differs with Shokhanach, that ends up being the, what we refer to as the Ramah on the page of Shokhanach. But here the dark emotion, so he goes out and he writes his follows. He's quoting from a—he's not quoting; he's summarizing from a tshuva's harashba. The rashba was asked about a case of a torn k'suva, so it says kasev rashba simin taf shen ches. k'suva shenikra. So here we also get the, now we finally get to uh, taking it out of standard legal documents, and now we go specifically to the context of a k'suva. So k'suva becomes torn. So Dharashma addresses two different points. Emu in the event that it is a tear which disqualifies a ksuva, it's either in the shape of the X or it tears it in two, or it goes through the essential information of the Ksuva. Kasvina la ksuva achrisa So we go ahead and we rewrite a new ksuvah, because as we said at the outset, the couple cannot remain uh, in the same house without a valid ksuvah. So we have to immediately replace the torn ksuvah. And, but what the Rashba says is we date it, me'achshav. It's going to be dated from today's date, whatever today's date happens to be, below mizman Harishon, And it's not going to be dated according to the original wedding date. Vafilu imukura, hashtar. Oh, sorry. So that is point number one. So, for this, this is one of the fascinating ideas uh, as far as how halacha sees a shtar, in many instances, how halacha sees a shtar in contrast to the way secular law or just our uh, initial thinking, how we would go ahead and approach a document which was, which was torn. Uh, all of I, I, I'm pretty, uh, um, um, pretty, pretty comfortable assuming that all of us would say that if I went ahead and I tore a legal document, I tear it in half, take those two halves, tear that in half, take those two four pieces and tear that in half. So I now have eight or 16 pieces. So, which obviously that's not a usable star if it's torn up into eight or 16 pieces. But if I could go ahead and a, a 16 piece jigsaw puzzle is not that challenging to go ahead and put together and I could go ahead and I could piece those pieces together in a way where I could make out all of the relevant information so if all I need to do if I'm anyways replacing the document so I just replaced all of the original things onto an intact piece of paper and everything should go back to the original date so I'm pretty safe uh, pretty comfortable assuming that that's what all of us would would think and that's what all of us would assume halacha though has this unique perspective on legal documents and that is anytime a legal document carries with it a shibud. Shibud doesn't really have a good translation, but let's call it a lien for lack of a, a, a better translation. So when I go ahead, going back to the loan, which I issued to Batya. So when I go ahead and I loan her $100 uh, together with that loan, and when it's a documented loan, because we wrote a star, we wrote a loan document. So a documented loan means that in the event that Baccia defaults on that loan, so I have the right to collect from her property, from her real estate, let's just say for simplicity, I have the right to collect $100 of real estate from bacha. Yes, would.
2: So
1: if you've changed the date, what about the things like the valuation? For example, in halacha class, we learned all about the star. Uh, there are things that are valued as of the date of, the actual loan and things that are valued at the date of the actual collection. So things that were dated, that were valued as of the date of the actual loan, what happens if you're changing the date on
0: here? Right. So there's a whole other part of the discussion, um, which we Ashkenazim uh, would avoid because we don't put into our ksuvas nowadays what's called the uh, Tosefis ksuva that's when they go ahead and they appraise the value of the goats and the camels and the horses and the, uh, you know, the maidservants and all of that other stuff. So that uh, is a whole other discussion about what happens with all of that stuff, which may have been in the original Ksuva, and now we're rewriting it. So we're going to just go with the Two hundred zoos, which is the standard uh, in in Iksuva. so that amount is not going to change because it's not it's not based on the value of any particular object. It's just a, a, a an amount which the husband would have to pay if he has to pay out XUVA. So your point is well taken, and it would further complicate things in much much more than uh, than we were uh, we're going to do on a, on a Thursday night. So I'm going to take the easy Ashkenazi way out. Sorry about you. So now. Uh, so uh, so we go ahead. So, what happens is I have, so from the date of the loan, I have a lien on Bacha's property, which means that if I loaned Bacha that $100 on March 15th, and now on April 15th, she went ahead and sold $100 worth of real estate to Ralph Silver. Then on May 15th, when I go ahead, I go to Bacha, I say, Bacha, you owe me $100. She says, I'm so sorry. I don't have the cash to be able to pay you. I say, fine, you had some real estate when I loaned you the money. Let me have that real estate. And she says, I'm so sorry. I was so strapped for cash. I sold that land already to uh, to Ralph. So I could then go knocking on Ralph's door and say, Ralph, you have $100 worth of real estate that you bought from Bacha, which I had a Shibut on. I have a lien on, and I'm now going to take that property. And we give uh, we say to Ralph, a good old, too bad so sad. you got yourself you bought yourself encumbered property if you buy yourself encumbered property so you take a risk and uh, in this risk uh, as they know in vegas <laughs> ralph as they know in vegas so this is sometimes you win some and you lose some and this is a gamble that uh that that, that you lost unless now, you have title insurance unless you have <laughs> excellent excellent which anybody who's interested you can contact daniel roth after shear and he'll be more than happy to assist you with it excellent so uh, so now what happens is, is that when this, well now amazingly what happens is, if my loan document is lost, if it gets torn into 16 pieces, even though we could replicate all of the original, all of the original information, the shibud, the original lien doesn't go back to that original time. The lien uh, what, what the the phrase which they the, which they say it's a yiddish phrase but we'll just go right into the english what they say is is that the star the shibud lives within the star it lives within the document itself and it only continues as long as that document is intact if that document gets destroyed so the shibud also gets lost and that's why it says that uh uh, uh you would go ahead and you would with this suva which is torn in a way which invalidates it. So that's why you're going to date it now from today. today's replacement date. And you go. You don't go back to the original date because that would be backdating a lien, and you can't backdate a lien. So that's something which, is, which, which would be significant. That's all, always one of those complications when replacing a ksuva because you found an error or it's torn or it's lost, figuring out which date you're going to go ahead and use. But here the Rashma says that if, the, the, uh, if a ksuva is torn in a way which invalidates it, so you have to replace it. And it's replaced from today's date, not the original date, even though you have the bencher. Right? you may have the bencher. You may even have, you know, the original invitation there, telling you exactly what the details were. That's what the Masada Kaddishan used when he filled out the ksuva in the first place. He used the bencher and the and, and the and the invitation. So even though all that information is known, so we've dated from today, not from the original one. Then he says, Fafilum hu crushed poso Now, in the event that the ksuva is torn in a way which does not invalidate the star. Here we say locus vina la is so we would not go ahead and rewrite a new star to replace the original one using that original date. Meaning, you might say that. Listen, when am I not allowed to go ahead and backdate the replacement star? That's only when the original star was invalidated. It was torn in a way which invalidates it. So then I can't uh, um, go back and predate the new lien. But if the star which I have in front of me now is still valid because it wasn't torn so severely, so extensively, so this one is still good. So then if I want to go ahead and I want to replace it because I don't want it to rip more, because if it rips more, then it could actually uh, uh, become invalid. So I want to replace it now with an intact one. So then you wouldn't replace it. You're not replacing the document which is currently still valid. Why? Because the whole Yeah. Being that the current star is still valid. So, as we talked about at the beginning, we don't write replacement staros. We don't write two staros which are potentially valid because that's a, a huge risk for the one who would, uh, who would have to pay. And therefore, since it, if it's torn in a way which doesn't invalidate it, just leave things as they are. So, this is what the, the Dark Eye Moshe says. And a uh, sefer written by uh, somebody who is a, uh, a great Tamar chacham in uh, in in Bnei Brak. So he explains as follows: he explains the what the uh, the rashba and the Dark Emotion mean. He says diva harashba nira. So he says what the rashba was talking about is as follows: de initially we're talking about uh, de beresha Initially he writes he addresses the following circumstance: de Both that in the event that the ksuva is torn in a way which invalidates it. So there, you're not allowed to go ahead and rewrite it based on, uh, you're not allowed to replace it with the original k'suva date. Why? And the kiddish of that is, da'av uh uh zmano it should be, sorry, not Shimano, but Zimano. The right one it's right above the other. So even though we could see from the original document that was our sixteen piece puzzle, so even though you could take the sixteen piece puzzle, put plate, uh, uh, put it together in its correct order, and you know exactly when the the chasna was, when the original ksuva was dated, you could see it on the paper itself. Mikom alkom nonetheless. This is the amazing chiddush of a star that Kavan shenifsal, being that the document the ksuva in this case was invalidated. So the original lean disappears. It goes away. It just it dissipates into thin air. And that shibu, that lean, is lost. And for that reason, since at this point, since the document was invalidated, you can no longer use that at all. So now the most that you're going to do is you have replaced the k'suva with a new lien, which starts today. And all of that property, in the case of the loan between the, myself and Bacha, that means that all of the property which she may have sold the past month, the past year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, so that stuff is going to be lost. I lose my lien on all that property which she sold to uh, to, uh, to Ralph at the time that she sold it to him, and that now is going to, let that, uh, that compromises my position. That is Kiddush number one. What's the,
2: I'm sorry, oh, go ahead.
0: So I wasn't what sure was Ralph,
2: if, you, if you had a hand up or
0: not. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Ralph. My question is: So if you have you're replacing a ketuba, mm-hmm. and you have new data on it. Meanwhile, you have children that were born, and somebody says, "Well, gee, let's see proof of your ketuba of you know legitimacy of your children." And you go, "Well, sorry." Right. So the uh, so the validity of the children. Uh, or uh, the, uh, the lineage of the children is not going to be impacted by this. That's, uh, that, that's something which is, uh, I mean, e- 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 even in the worst case scenario, it's not something which, which places a, uh, ends any sort of invalidation on the children because uh, even if the couple is not married altogether, as long as they could potentially marry one another so the children are not considered to be illegitimate. They're out of wedlock, but there's no specific halacha category for out of wedlock children. But, so th- this isn't something which would impact their uh, their halachic status or their ability to marry or anything of that uh, of that sort. They'll just have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, I, I was gonna <laughs> but, say, what if they're trying to get a shit up? You know, and going, well, sorry, you know, <laughs> we don't want people come from that kind of a family. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Right. Now, that's why I said that there's going to be a lot of explaining to do, but uh, there's no real halachic uh, um, category for that.
1: That's why you have to save the bencher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent. Yeah. I just leave at least a couple of copies. One second, Mel, yeah, Dan. Uh, So,
2: but what's the practical effect, right? So I had a lien from the original date and now I'm today and I have a new document that says I only have a lien from today. So what, the lien I had before, if, if I didn't have any change in the document, the lien I had before, would be in the same position it is today. The fact that I had a lien over this period of time, it's passed, who cares? So it's the same what, lien.
0: What, 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 what it's going to mean is, is let's go, let's go back. Uh, let, let's say somebody got married uh, uh, in November of 2000. So uh, the, the, the original lien meant that all the property which was owned from uh, November 2000, all of that is encumbered in the case of the Ksuva, so the wife has a lien on all of that property so that if any of that property is sold, and it turns out that there's not a, there's not enough uh, liquid assets to be able to pay out the XUVA, she could go to that 20 years of real estate transactions or any of the property, let's just say, any of the property which is owned at the time of, in the year 2000, and all of that is encumbered. When we redo the lien, which is dated from November, 2020, all the real estate which was sold between the year 2000 and 2020, the woman the wife no longer has a lien on that property if she can't get paid her xuva she's not going to be able to go back to those people and say hey the property that you bought is encumbered to my xuva and i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to repossess it now so 20 years of loss of lien that could be pretty significant in terms of uh, in terms of uh, you know potential potential collection of assets if the guy wasn't in the real estate anyways it won't have that much of an impact but it uh, but it's something which could potentially have uh, have impact yes Mel. If we're not talking about a katuba,
1: but it's the regular star, and I take out a loan for three months, but now we have a new date, does that mean that this new star, my my lend, my loan is extended another
0: three months? No, you just lose the lien. Now remember that you, uh, Mel. If you're the lender, you're the one who had possession of the star. So it happened on your watch. The lender is the one who holds on to the loan document. If something happens to it, so we don't feel so bad because it happened under his watch. It may have been beyond his control, but it was something which happened on his uh, on his watch. I imagine tomorrow everybody's going to take all of their loan documents and go bring them to the safety deposit box and put them, you know, in a in a fireproof, uh, you know, safe or something to make sure that uh, nothing happens to them. Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: Now, why, Rabbi Shaffel? Why yes. wouldn't you know, we have many, uh, unfortunately, many cases where the husband leaves the wife as an aguna. And um, what, why, if he's so unprincipled, why would he not just tear the, find out where the, where the ketuba is and tear it, and tear it in a way that invalidates it?
0: Um, right, so uh, he, he he may and uh, i would imagine that that's probably been done uh numerous times uh you know by uh by husbands by neer well uh, husbands have done such a thing uh, ultimately though, since we know there was a suva at some point uh she's still going to be able to collect that. The only impact that it, it, it doesn't diminish her ability to collect the pr- it diminishes her uh her the the lien which she may have if we know that he did it. So then we may uh, reinstate that that lien. I'm not sure what would happen as far as the lien is concerned, but it wouldn't inhibit her ability to collect at least the essential value of it. Because the only thing, as we said, that a torn Suva does is they're not allowed to live together. They're not living together anyways at this point. Uh, It sounds like the uh, marriage has already uh, fallen apart. It's beyond uh, repair. So it's just a matter of the collection. So it's not going to have that much of an impact as as far as that. But yes, it's a good idea. That's why uh, she ultimately is, the wife is the one who's supposed to be taking care of the ksuvah, similar to the lender, has to wash the ksuvah because he's going to be using it to collect. So the wife has to keep track of the ksuvah because it's, it's for her protection rather than his. So she would, uh, she would be wise to go ahead and uh, uh, deposit it somewhere where it's uh, safe. And uh, if she's concerned, a place where uh, he doesn't know where it is. Now, Let's just uh, finish this off over here. Now he says the Imre Yaakov explains. Then the Rashba goes ahead and addresses a second halacha. So first halacha was what happens if the document the Ksuvah is torn in a way which completely invalidates it. Now the second thing is kara kara posa hashtar. Then he goes ahead and addresses what happens if it's torn in a way which doesn't disqualify the star. That's the case that we're talking about. This specific example, that picture of the ksuva which I showed you, where it doesn't invalidate the star. So the halach in that case, the rashra says is Ratzalomer da lo nizbatel v'enifka shibuda harishon. So in such a case where the ksuva does not become invalidated as a result of the tear, so the star is not is no it, it doesn't become as I said it doesn't become invalidated, and the shibud. Is not Nifka, meaning that the Shebud remains intact, the lean remains intact. And therefore, ein licht But still, we don't go ahead and write the replacement for it. Because being that the shtar is still kasher, lama Why should you go ahead and write a second one? So in that case, so that's why this tear as it is, we would leave it as is without replacing it because we don't want to go ahead and replace things because that re- raises the question about the original Shibut or, or not. But it makes, uh, it makes perfect sense to me that in this case of uh, this Suva which is torn, so I don't think that there will be anything wrong with now taking a piece of, uh, of tape and taping it around the tear to make sure that the tear doesn't, uh, doesn't spread, that it doesn't uh, continue to tear and eventually rip the stove uh, the, the into two halves, which as we saw, if it were to rip in two halves, then we'd be in big trouble. Then you'd have to go ahead and, and replace it. So being that it's valid as is, so there's nothing wrong with going ahead and putting a piece of tape over it now to reinforce it, to make sure that it should not, uh, it should not tear any further and uh, create uh, or generate additional, uh, additional problems. OK, so I think this couple is, uh, is good, but it's, uh, it uh, should be a reminder that uh, it's not so, uh, so bad every once in a while to go and just make sure that the ksuvah is still there. Wherever you last remember it uh, being, go ahead and make sure that it's, uh, that, that it's still there. Uh, and in the event that it's not, uh, definitely let me know <laughs> so, uh, to go ahead and, uh, and replace it. Good. Can you laminate a k-tuba? Can I what? laminated um yeah that would uh, that make it harder to uh to tear once it once it's good yeah
1: who signs the replacement ketubah yep. i have another class now i'm gonna go
0: okay take care have a good shabbos okay. you too um you you, it, you would you would grab two new two two new witnesses would go ahead and uh and would do it Sometimes it's not practical to, uh, to find the original two witnesses, but there's not a need, because what, if you look at the, uh, the document, maybe I should have pulled up one of them, but when you look at the language of the replacement document, so they, what the witnesses are testifying to is the fact that this is now a replacement document for an original one. So they're not testifying about, they're not aiding on the original marriage or the original ksuvah, they're now witnesses to the present document. So right. that's and why they don't have to, wants- uh, you don't need to find those original ones.
2: For those who, uh, who don't recall, uh, my original Ketubah had me listed as Gimba Halevi, which we learned later was not correct. So we have a corrected Ketubah, which Rabbi Shaffel assisted with, which has new AD as well. So
0: which explains there you go. The Can so you renegotiate
2: uh, the terms of the contract?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the, I, the, the, this is one of those areas that, uh, you know, the, those things that they say that the uh, things that you don't learn in rabbinic school. So uh, you know, replacing XUVAs uh, and whatnot—they're not something which are part of the regular uh, curriculum. It's one of those things that you, uh, you have to pick up on the fly. But uh, all right, you do, we, we, as with many things which we do, uh, you know, necessity forces you to go ahead and learn that uh, that new skill or to be able to uh, to do that uh, that thing. But uh, but yeah, it's something which uh, w- which happens. All righty, excellent. Appreciate everybody coming. Thank you very much. Everybody stay
1: Stay safe. Have a good Shabbos.
0: Good to see everybody again. Hopefully, we'll see you Tuesday and uh, Thursday once again. Good Shabbos. All All the best.